Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 in Accra, on Love 99.5 in Kumasi, and over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, including Radio Justice Tamale, Radio Pando, Pando Fafa, Radio Juja, and Jata FM Karaga. We are live on X Spaces, Facebook live stream, and My Joy Online Interactive app. The midday news is sponsored by Petrosol, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality people. PVC and HDP pipes and water tank, the only water storage tank with a level indicator where Duraplus goes, water flows. This afternoon, name, prosecute and shame all individuals involved in illegal mining. Some radical solutions from panelists on Join News' national dialogue on illegal mining to deal with a growing menace. I believe going forward, we can strengthen law enforcement. We need to identify and implement alternative livelihood schemes. And then the trimaque that we are doing would have to Stop. We need to plan certain things that to absorb or take out the poison. Meanwhile, politician and lawyer Inosa Fuseni believes citizens should take up the fight because government has failed. Escalate the fight. Make it civil. Community level. There are many good people more than the bad people. Mm-hmm. Get them to defend their lands. Government has failed. Let's defend our lands. We have details of that. Also, this afternoon, parents endure lengthy hours in queues in a bid to secure senior high school admission for the awards. The arrangement is the problem that we are facing here. People that wake up around 5 o'clock, they were here. As of now, they haven't even received their, their forms. Go and take a passport picture. We did it. And then they attach it to the forms. And we are waiting for us to, to be called. We're live on the grounds this afternoon. Also, Electoral Commission expresses worry over what it describes as a deliberate attempt by some individuals to distract security during elections to mar the image of institutions responsible for holding free and fair elections. We have sports. Hearts of Oak board members reiterate they are the right men for the job, despite the club's recent struggles. There will be no haircuts. That was President Tukovado in October 2022 before the announcement of the domestic debt exchange program. Well, the DDEP is a year old today. I will bring you all the interesting bites over the period. There will be no haircuts. Take a haircut. I don't know. Well, there's a little bit of hair left on my head. I won't, I'm not going to take a haircut. Exactly 365 days since Finance Minister Ken Oforiata announced the domestic debt exchange program, popularly known as DDP. These and more coming up shortly here on the Midday News with me, Mamiesi Nyamiche Thompson. We are your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism.
As the nation grapples with a growing threat of illegal mining, Joy News' national dialogue on Monday saw panelists proposing radical solutions to combat it. One of the recommendations is to identify, prosecute and publicly shame all individuals involved. Panelists also emphasize the urgent need for implementation of stringent laws which will serve as deterrents and also serve as a means to regulate the industry and protect the environment from irreversible damage. Here's a wrap from yesterday's conversation. The Forestry Commission for the first time admitted that over 30 forest reserves across the nation are currently being exploited by illegal miners. Hugh Brown represented the commission. Out of our 288 forest reserves, 34 of them have issues with illegal mining, a number of them with excavators. I think since May, two more have come to join, so we are now around 36 forest reserves. He says... The commission is not equipped to deal with the armed miners who protect some of these mining sites. Last year, November 1st, the military detachment was withdrawn. So, I mean, I'm the executive director of the Forest Services Division. It's my I task. I guess so we know on who orders. I, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm, I, the we're Forest told, Commission was not communicated no, to. No, we're told they were undertaking um, some exercise to clean up the system because there were some lapses. And they are not back yet. We've been persistently asking for that support. Mohamed Adam Suparu, the member of parliament for Sisala West constituency and a member of the Lands Committee in Parliament stressed that acknowledging the country's failure is the first step towards solving this critical issue. We have failed our people. We have failed as leaders. We must admit that we have failed. Then we start looking out for solutions. Dr. Ken Ashibe, the convener of the media coalition against illegal mining emphasized that the trial and error approach extensively used in illegal small-scale mining needs to become a thing of the past. We need to now insist that small-scale mining would only happen in places that we've done the surveys in and that the trimaquare that we are doing would have to stop. We should insist that parliament passes a law that places of global significance biodiversity areas should not be mined at. Hugh Brown advocated for more lucrative alternative livelihoods to steer them away from illegal mining sites. I believe going forward we can strengthen law enforcement. Dr. Frimpong Boatin suggested that the Ministry of Agric could initiate planting certain crops like sunflower and cabbages which have the capability to absorb heavy metals. It will be very dangerous to eat vegetables, especially salads, greens from mining areas because of the pollution. That is why we do what we call fatal remediation. And I think the Ministry of Agriculture should think about these things. We need to plant certain things that to absorb or take out the poison, uh, the metals in the body. So we know that if you plant sunflower, uh, it will absorb magnesium and chromium. Cabbage and broccoli will take care of lead, zinc, and cadmium. So also water lettuce, which will absorb cadmium, mercury, chromium, and copper. But how do we end all of this once and for all? Professor Frimpong Boatin has an interesting answer. So the radical solution <laughs> is that big people, green journalists who are involved, you stop. I wish maybe we could shoot them all, them up. I don't know. <laughs> and that was a wrap of yesterday's conversation. Now, politician and lawyer Inusa Fuseni believes citizens must now take up the fight to curb illegal mining. It is only through pictures like Rasmus and your that is bringing out the dangers and probably doctor now you understand them because if you don't go to the Galamse sites and you are in Accra 
you will never appreciate and the pictures don't come to you okay. you will never appreciate what we have. I play to Dr. Ken Asibye and probably the lecturer at Lego escalate the fight make it civil community level there are many good people more than the bad people mm-hmm. get them to defend their lands government has failed let's defend our lands Let's stay a while longer on this conversation. A High Court judge, Justice Lydia Osemafo, wants the Minerals and Mining Act amended to target chiefs and farmers who give out their lands to illegal miners. The judge suggested this Monday, while laying out the sentence for N1, popularly known as Action 1. My colleague James Avergi joins me in studio with these details. James, tell us more. Yes, Mamie, so uh, yesterday, as part of the judgment, where after the judge spent time to read out her judgment, she passed a few remarks on this whole thing. And she indicated that looking at the photos, the videos, and other evidence that was presented before her, mm-hmm. she feels that this whole illegal mining is become so detrimental to the environment and that the issue has risen beyond an individual's fight into a national state where all of us need to be concerned. It was at that point that, for instance, she says that uh, she feels she wish she has right. the right to uh, uh, give a tougher punishment. She had the right to give a judgment based on the new law that will give some more years to Aisha Wang based on what she has seen. And it was in that regard that she mentioned the fact that uh, we need to move beyond prosecuting only the illegal miners mm-hmm. like Aisha Wang right. and take the cost to the chiefs and farm owners who give out this land because if we expand that and we prosecute them that is the only way we can win the fight against Galamsey and so calling for the amendment of the Minerals and Mining Act to include chiefs and other people who give us this lands as well. Right, thank you very much James Avaji was in court for us yesterday while Deputy Attorney General Alfred Chiyabwa has embraced the suggestion by the High Court judge he spoke to Evans Mensah on PM Express by the AG's department, you are for this. You are for amendment to, to also make the giving out of land for Galante. Exactly. If you give out your land, Ghana, we see cocoa farmers giving out their lands. You tell them they, they, they are so bold to come on, on, on set and say, yes, that's my cocoa farm. Remember watching the video? True, the yes, that's Absolutely. my cocoa farm. That's my okay. farm. I, I sell it and so what? So we may have to look at that stage and perhaps bring it in, into our law so that if you give your land out, to anybody to do illegal mining, if it's legal mining, you don't have the kind of right to give land to any apart from the government mm. when it comes to mining. People do it, and then eventually people go and do illegal mining. Well, Mr. Chiyabwa has also been justifying why Justice Lidio Semafo in the Aisha One ruling restricted sentencing to the Old Minerals and Mining Act 2006, Act 703, instead of the amended Law Act 995, which would have seen one go to jail for at least 15 years. You know, criminal jurisprudence, the time that you commit an offence, is the very time that you use when you are being punished. So if you commit an offense in 2015 and the punishment then was punishment, why? And you are tried in 2020, when, where that law has even been repealed. Per our laws, when it comes to punishment, you cannot be punished under the new law, but rather the existing law at the time that the person committed the offense. In this particular case, Ashawan committed the offenses between February 2015 and May, May 20, uh, 2017. And 995 came to, into force in 2019. So obviously, 995 is out. Now, if you look at our constitution, Article 19.6, if I may be permitted to read here, so no penalty shall be imposed for a criminal offense that is severer in degree or description than the maximum penalty that could have been 
imposed for that offense at the time when the offense was committed. So it's so clear. In our constitution, if you are being punished, we look at the law at the time that you committed that particular offense. That's why it's not, it's not alone. If you look at our Interpretation Act, which is Act 792, Section 35.2e, it's also the fact that when any act is repealed or substituted, when it comes to punishment, you cannot punish more than what you had in the existing law. However, if the new law has reduced the punishment, you should punish the person under the new law. Meanwhile, the petition against Akonta Mining seems to be stalling. One of the petitioners, lawyer Martin Pebu, says the police has yet to send the docket to the AG's office. Aisha one one is even better than ours. Like you mentioned earlier, we petitioned against Chairman Wujni and Chibosiafu, MPP Chairman, and over one year, the CID boss hasn't taken the case to court. And you mean so this is the Akonta Mining matter? Akonta Mining. Yes, we've made several appeals to uh, DCOP for Sina and uh, Kofi that she must take this case to court. You know, Evans, even just this evening, uh -huh, your program at Labadi, the National Dialogue on Galamsey. Martin Eisi, the CEO of uh, Mencom, the Minerals Commission, repeated that, look, they still stand where they are, that they never gave Akunta Mining any mining lease to go into the Tanon Nimri Forest. Well, Mr. Alfred Chiyabwa also responded to that, saying that he cannot confirm that the docket had reached his office. Whether the docket has submitted to an office is something that I cannot confirm. You have not cited it. But if indeed the police have submitted any docket to our office, for tomorrow I will check from our, 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 our DP session. If there's any docket, we'll work on it. If there's no docket, then perhaps we have to go back to the police because now, today, they are saying they've submitted a docket to our office. I need to check because if people have investigated, and there's evidence that they need to be prosecuted. Evidence that has been corroborated by the Lands and Natural Resources Minister, the Minerals Commission, CEO, the Forestry Commission, publicly. Yes. So I don't know the investigation the police, the police have done so far. If they have taken statements from all these people and they've built a docket and submitted a docket to our office, we'll definitely work on it. And if we realize that the evidence sometimes we can use in prosecuting, we'll prosecute it. Mr. Alfred Chiyabwai's Deputy Attorney General, away from that this afternoon, some parents are expressing concern over enduring lengthy hours in queues for their wards to be admitted. The Education Minister was hauled before Parliament yesterday to reconsider the reopening of schools for first-year senior high school students, which some parents raised concerns about due to the limited time for preparations. The Speaker, Alban Bagbin, in his conclusion remarks, indicated that a large number of the students had already reported in school it would be unwise to ask them to return. Now, today, some parents are expressing concern about the registration process, having endured long queues and, and to enroll their kids. We'll hear from them shortly. But first, listen to Education Minister Dr. Yaosei Duchum justifying the early reopening date. If these timelines are strictly followed, the contact hours will duly achieve and our quest to get back to the pre-COVID academic calendar will be on track. Last year, School opened in February for first year students. This year, we are opening in December, which gives us the opportunity to then open October or September and therefore go back to the pre-COVID calendar as we all are envisaging. Well, we've been getting some concerns from parents and my colleague Kenneth Jesse joins me in studio. Kenneth, what have they been telling you? Well, uh, good afternoon, Mami Yesi. So, 
I mean, it's a sharp contrast between what happened yesterday and today. The queues are not that many, but um, the parents who we met there complained that they've been there for longer hours, about five hours, six hours. Just to get their, their words, the process. Exactly, just to get the their processes done. It's been done in an orderly manner because it was a bit chaotic yesterday, for instance. But then uh, let's listen to some of the parents that I've been speaking to. The arrangement is the problem that we are facing here. People that wake up around 5 o'clock, they were here. As of now, they have not even received the, their forms. But those that are coming recently, they are taking the forms. When we meet the, the, the security people at the gate, they give us the number. That is the number, this is how you are going to go according to it. But when we came and sat here, it is not going that way. How we had the issue, it was a different issue altogether. Oh, I was, about, I was here at 7 o'clock, 7 a.m. Okay. Mm. How has the process been so far? When we came, we were asked to go and take a passport picture. We did it. And then they attached it to the forms. And we are waiting for us to, to be called. Let's do politics now. The Electoral Commission is this afternoon expressing worry over what it describes as a deliberate attempt by some individuals to distract peace and security during elections to mar the image of institutions such as the EC and the Ghana Police Service. The chairperson of the EC, Jen Menzer, speaking at the meeting of the National Election Security Task Force on the upcoming District Assembly election said no election can be taken for granted. While the Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Ekofodampare, shows the preparedness of the police before, during and after district elections. MP for German North in the Bono region, Frederick Yao Ahinkwa, is requesting a parliamentary probe into a chieftaincy dispute in his constituency that has led to the death of one person at Sampa. The police, according to reports, have arrested seven persons who allegedly fired indiscriminate gunshots in the area on November 30 during the installation of the paramount chief of Sampa, which killed one and left seven others severely injured. In a statement on the floor, the MP also demanded that the ministers of national security and interior briefed the house on the development i began receiving series of calls from my constituents about the looming danger which led to the closure of shops people hiding in their rooms and several others fleeing the town for the fear of their life as a result of the possible clash between the two parties i quickly called the district executive and the regional minister to ascertain the situation the regional minister directed me to speak to his regional coordinating director and that he was in the best position to brief me on the situation. I spoke to the regional coordinating director as directed by the regional minister. The regional coordinating director's response was that they are aware of the situation and for that matter, he has summoned an urgent regional security council meeting after which he will brief me of the outcome of the meeting. Mr. Speaker, 
I quickly left Parliament and went to the offices of the National Security Minister and the Interior Minister for their intervention. Looking at the tension, the fear of the people losing their lives and the national security implications, seeing Sampa share a border with Cote d'Ivoire, taking cognizance of the current terrorist situation on our borders. Mr. Speaker, the National Security Minister told me that he is aware of the situation and it is within the ambit of the Rexec to contain the situation. Well, in Parliament, we understand that the Interior Minister has been given answers to the NP. Let's listen. On that day, the police saw the of youth, 150. The police actually engaged them for two hours. Their target wasn't the police. They were there to disrupt or prevent the sub-chiefs who were coming to the occasion. So the chief, the police engaged them and told them to take it easy. After two hours, the youth left the police and started firing. Ten police officers, including an officer who went to Fountain Care Hospital to be treated, 11 civilians who went to Sampa District Hospital. The person who was shot was shot by the youth, not the police. Yes, on 4th December, Mr. Chief, after the dispersal, the police picked seven suspects on the spot, and later on, those who ran away, four more were arrested, and they appeared before court on 4th December in Sunyai, and have been remanded to reappear on 13th. December 2023. And you had Interior Minister Ambrose Derry joined on the line by Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kweku Asante. Kweku, um, we just heard the Interior Minister. Is the MP reacting to his response? Well, the MP was not giving another another shot at commenting, but he was visibly not really satisfied with the answers that the Interior Minister had given. He was on his feet. The understanding is that he's going to address journalists very shortly. He is seeking that Parliament should institute a parliamentary probe into the disturbances that happened in Sampa. He expects that something concrete should come out of that other than just the response that the minister has given on the floor. And what else is, is the business on the House today? So Guta is currently before the subsidiary legislation committee to make their case against KT Hammond's imputation restriction law. That law that is seeking to restrict the imputation of more than 22 strategic items here currently in the meeting. We've also shortly heard from Madina MP Francis Xavier Sosu, who is taking on the president strongly for refusing to sign his private member's bill that was signed into law, the one prescribing accusations of witchcraft and one abolishing the death penalty. All those laws have not, have not been signed by the president, who says there are constitutional issues with it. Sosu says the president is setting a bad precedent. Thank you very much, Kikwa Santis, our Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent. And on that note, we take a break. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrosol, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDPE pipes and water tank, the only water story tank with a level indi- indicator where Duraplus goes, water flows. I am Amisi Thompson. We'll be right back with more.
budgets are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> Petrosol. Clean fuel in full quantity. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Mami. See, now, Hearts of Oak board members are under pressure following the club's recent struggles. Now, the Phobians have only secured three wins after week 13 in the league and have already been eliminated from the FA Cup. Now, the dismissal of Martin Koopman, who is the third coach to be sacked since 2022, has failed to yield improved results, leading to calls for the board's resignation. But Dr. Nyaho Nyaho Tamakule says they are competent enough for the job. Any coach who has not been performing well is sucked. It's as simple as that. You employ a coach to get good results. We are not the first ever to do that. Years ago, I even did that. I sucked a coach called Ajay Pele. You see, when a coach is not performing well and you don't get good results, you look for a better coach. Manchester United, how many times have they not changed their coach? The board is, no, listen to me. The board is still intact. Tottenham, Hobson. How many times haven't they changed their coach? Some of us know how to resign, take a pen and after only before. Those who are crying around, they can never run this club. We've tried them before. We know we have a responsibility and we, should, we are going to make sure that we, we perform and perform well. That's House of Oak board member Dr. Nyao Nyao Tamaklu. Thank you, Mubarak. Now, the United States Ambassador to the United Nations, Thomas Greenfield, has expressed worry over decline of democracy in parts of the African continent. Speaking at the Kofi Annan Peacekeeping Center ahead of a two-day ministerial meeting on peacekeeping in Accra, he said that development is a threat to eradicating poverty in these developing nations. Just this year alone, about six West African countries experienced coup d'etats, with the latest being Sierra Leone, which is now high on alert following another attempted coup. Thomas Greenfield says the United States is concerned about the development. This group has not provided security. Uh, what they do is they look for countries that leadership is weak. And uh, we're seeing that happen uh, in Mali as well as in other countries where uh, we've seen more uh, attacks and more killings than before they came. And I will add, uh, they come at a price. Uh, they're not being, uh, they're not doing this for free. They're taking well-deserved uh, money, money that should be used for building a uh, country's economy, for creating jobs, for supporting people, uh, these countries to provide support for their leaders to stay in power longer than they should.
Thomas Greenfield is United States Ambassador to the United Nations. Now, exactly a year today, Finance Minister Ken Oforiata announced the Domestic Debt Exchange Program, popularly known as the DDEP. The exchange was a major condition to unlock IMF $3 billion bailout, which required the restructuring of Ghana's debt at both domestic and external levels. The announcement at the time raised serious concerns among experts, bondholders and other stakeholders. Here are bites of key issues that came up over the period. No individual or institutional investor, including pension funds, in government treasury bills or instruments, will lose their money as a result of our ongoing IMF negotiation. There will be no haircuts. Instantly, the market knew the president wasn't speaking the truth. Right after the president made a statement, the reactions were more or less to reject the statements. And therefore, uh, uh, my expectation is that any investor who probably took a decision on the back of that wasn't an investor, was probably a little doctor. Why can't you be very specific and tell us that if you don't participate, you lose your money? Then some of us will commit suicide rather than go through the thing. Oh, please, don't, 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 don't contemplate that. I'm 66 in March, my brother or my son. I'll be 66. And there are so many people. Maybe I can survive, but I know friends who work in the uh, public service who are doing nothing. You and I, you walk around and you see of waste all along. And uh, we don't want to do anything and you want me to take a haircut. I don't know. Well, there's a little bit of hair left on my head. I want it on my head. I'm not going to take a haircut. And actually, those bring back memories. But before we go, December is a month a lot of people look forward to. In the Join News Dirty December series for today, CEO John Dell Limited, Afi Amoru, tells us why festive lighting is essential. She unravels the magical interplay of lights and decor. My colleague Jacqueline Ansumayabwa has more. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is 21 days to Christmas, and if you're yet to smell the scent of Christmas, at least open your eyes to the beautiful lights transforming the city's landscape. A drive through Accra shows beautiful lights that liven the Christmas atmosphere. Jandel Limited is responsible for many lights.